All right, George, here okay. we go. Great. Still pumped? Feel good? Pretty pumped. Pretty pumped. All right. <laughs> Listen, we're not going to put this in. This is just us getting ready. Everybody listening, we're not going to put this in the podcast. This is me warming up yeah. my voice. Get it right over this. too woke or vampires because they don't sleep <laughs> i mean at least that is i completely agree with that they at least the, at least too woke. at least the twilight vamps they're never too woke yeah because they, they they don't sleep at all do they they do not but they do like to watch people sleep mm. that's pretty cool <laughs> Just, when you say it out loud like that it sounds really really nice <laughs> welcome everyone to another oh episode of worst scene slash best scene the podcast about movies i'm one of your hosts uh, as always my name is richard and with me as always is a president of the team jacob fan club george and i as your vice president i support you in that fan club even as we well obviously get into talking about today even as as Jacob continues to be creepy mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, just a real like yeah just a little, real weird dude yeah but I feel like that it's, shirt off I feel and, like it's uh, not it's a different world yeah. we're gonna get into it but I feel like it's not his fault in a lot of ways I know whose fault it is and we'll get to that very good <laughs> I certainly know whose fault it is um, yeah this is this is exciting uh, this is our penultimate um twilight crossover extravaganza that's right our penultimate octobula extravaganza episode named after of course the great actor scott octobula that's right (laughs) (laughs) this work in quantum leap Mm -hmm. inspires me to this day so i'm worth saying i mentioned earlier we're the podcast about movies but Specifically, we're the podcast about two movies paired together, a great film and a not so great one. Uh, and when we pair them together like this, we, we, we decide what the worst scene in the great film is and the best scene in the not so great one is and decide what's better. Was it the worst scene in that great film? Was it so good that even its worst scene uh, is still very watchable and very good? Or is the best scene in this bad movie rising above the rest of the direct inside that film <laughs> to even overcome a scene from a great picture? That's yeah. our premise. That's, That's what we do. Now you know, if you didn't know. Yeah. And so we mentioned Joel, two... you forgot. Yeah, Joel. you remember. And uh, of the two movies, our great movie tonight um, is Catherine Bigelow's um, 
vampire western near dark richard what do we got on the bottom half of the show and the bottom half of the show is bella edward and jacobs the twilight saga breaking dawn part one wow wow it just rolls off the tongue it truly does i mean i i love that title i think it's great yep it's almost as good as uh twilight saga breaking dawn part two almost as far as, the, as, far as titles two, go yeah that's the part like, two throws you because you're not sure it could be ooh. part one. Ooh, ooh, okay is this the last part there could be other parts but part one you know it's the first one part two yeah. could be could be the end it could be could be a th- there could be a third one who knows you never know you never know we'll never know uh, well gosh yeah i I am excited to find out, though, if there is, if, if this thing's going to end or not. I'm excited um, to find that out, too. And the, I'm sure you, the audience, you have one way to find out, and that's to continue to listen to these Octobula episodes. Yes. So even George. even if our uh, episodes bleed over, see what I said there, mm-hmm. uh, into uh, no... Vembula. <laughs> there it is. That's <laughs> workshopping <laughs> on air. <laughs> Um, even if they continue into Decembrula. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. yeah just, I'm sure there's a lot of vampire Santa Claus movies. There's got to be. Yeah. I mean, Santa Claus, you don't, you don't age. Hmm. This is, if there's not a vampire Santa Claus movie. There it is. Yeah. That's, this that's is a good idea. That we need mm-hmm. to make. Yeah. So just so any listeners know, that's copyright. Yep. The worst seen podcast. We've already put it in an envelope, mailed it to ourselves. That is the, from what I understand from my childhood, the most sure-proof way to ensure copyright belongs to you is to mail yourself something um, through the U.S. Postal Service, an official government agency. Yep. If they stamp something with a date, that's the law. Yep. It's gospel. That is, if you take that in, like anything from the Postal Service. Is a lot. Speaking of vampire Santa Clauses, if you've ever seen Miracle on 34th Street, the Postal Service proved that uh, Santa Claus was real in that movie. So if you can prove Santa ah. Claus is real, there is nothing that you can't do. Right. U.S. Postal Service. Oh, nice. <laughs> Thank you. Well, what do you say? You want to get into it? I would love to get into it. We're really okay. getting, we're going fast. Today. I know. It's weird. This is a double header. Yeah. So I feel like we're like, oh, we need to hurry. By the time we get to the second one, yeah, it's going to be be going a lot slower. (laughs) Making a lot better points Um, (laughs) and louder. Um, All right. Well, I'm going to introduce Near Dark now. Please do. Boy meets girl. Boy falls for girl. Boy falls in with girl and her oddly stylish group of bloodthirsty jerks. That's the plot of Near Dark and The Lost Boys. Both vampire movies. Both came out in 1987. That's pretty much where the similarities end. Near Dark may be the darkest vampire movie ever made. How dark is it? To quote Nigel Tufnell, it's like how much more black could this be? And the answer is none. None more black. While Joel Schumacher's vamps ate Chinese food and rode motorcycles, Catherine Bigelow's bloodsuckers drink tequila and ride in stolen Winnebago's. The Lost Boys use their fangs to pierce their victim's skin, while the gang of Southern Succubi rely on six guns and straight razors to exsanguinate their human juice boxes. Near Dark trades jump scares for foreboding dread, 
swapping their traditional vampire garb of crushed velvet and capes for uh, grease leathers, pieces of Confederate uniforms, and boot spurs. Uh, Bigelow's gang look like scary motherfuckers. Have you ever find yourself in a rundown roadhouse and someone looking like one of these creeps walks in? Just drop a 20 on the bar and get the fuck out. Uh, Near Dark is just a really, really weird, grungy ride. And it wasn't a hit at the box office, but it found an audience, a really loyal audience through repeat showings on HBO, uh, videotape rentals, and then eventually DVDs. Uh, and people love this thing. Um, what else? It's got half of the cast of James Cameron's Aliens. Um, and it's one of my favorites. So, Richard, what's the worst scene in Near Dark? Near Dark is, it's as you said, more just dark. <laughs> it yeah. is. Yeah, it, it is, is just straight up dark. There's not a lot of near. Yeah, yeah. It is not just near dark. It is a very, these are vampires. These are modern vampires who are scary as shit. They're not sexy. <laughs> no. There's, there's no a Kiefer Sutherland good looks with these vampires. They don't hang out with local teens uh, <laughs> to go like ride roller coasters and stuff while also being, you know, scary. And these vampires ride around, just drive around the U.S., biting people's necks, uh, drinking, slashing their, slashing their throats, drinking their blood, and uh, being real assholes about it the entire time that they do it. This is just a great movie just to have on, mm-hmm. to just have playing. There's not too many other movies like it. There's I it. There really probably isn't a vampire film that feels this dirty. Yeah. Other than this, that feels this just like gritty. Like what would some modern, <laughs> just like, just evil vampires be up to? And this yeah. is this is what they would this is what they'd be up to, is uh, is getting in fights and killing people. So, what's the worst scene in this film? There's not a lot. Now I have a projector and I watched this movie and before it was before it was even near dark outside. Mm. Uh, and this movie is filmed a lot in the dark. Uh, Catherine Bigelow using a lot of low light photography to, to film this thing. And so one of my least favorite things about it is I couldn't see it for a lot of this <laughs> recent recent viewing. It was, there's a lot of very low contrast darkness that left me more like I was listening to an audio book uh, in some parts. I guess an audio play because there wasn't wow. a narrator. But that's not Catherine Bigelow's fault. That's, that's, my, that's my fault for not watching it at night. But other than that, it was really hard for me to choose because part of me originally was like, maybe I don't like the opening to this. Hmm. It's it's kind of slow as as we have um, what's her name mm-hmm. May uh, like picking up um, what's his name Caleb Caleb that's right Caleb as the, clearly and May is essentially picking up Caleb and the Griven and they spend he's, she spends a lot of time picking him up but and um, and just kind of it's kind of a slow build but then when she bites his neck uh, to turn him because she wants to like. She's acting like one of the, maybe all vampires, even women, female vampires are, are creepy about 
about romance. <laughs> so she just met this dude, bites him to turn him into a vampire forever so that they can be together uh, forever. Um, which, of course, then causes problems with the gang that she runs with. But it kind of that's kind of ramps up slowly. But then you, whenever by the time she bites his neck, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is good. I like mm-hmm. this. Um, but, and then it's just like, it just gets more and more intense. Yeah. And it's like, oh, what am I going to choose? This is just too, this is too fucking good. Uh, like when just, when they get trapped in the shack oh, man. by the police and have that shootout through the walls yeah. and the, the light hits them and kind of well, light some of them on fire briefly till they can get out of the light. Yeah. Just thinking about this is how modern vampires would go down. Like these, the near-dark vampires are more susceptible to damage from light than maybe any vampire I've ever seen uh, and how quickly they go up in flames. Now they they can really survive those flames for a while. Their their skin can really go to be burnt to a crisp before they go up. But that flames feel like the, like daylight. There's never been a vampire film where daylight felt like the only thing that was truly dangerous to a vampire was right. just being out during the day. Like nothing else is going to stop these these fuckers at all. Um, nope. But just watching those just. What, just having bullet holes come through the room and the bullets aren't what matters. It's, it's where these light, where this light is hitting. Uh, and then the death uh, outside, like just burning up. He did yeah. die there. He does die there, doesn't he? Um, or does he not? He does not, but he, he, does not. Gets, That's he right. gets burnt pretty bad. He gets burnt very, very badly outside dealing with the, uh, dealing with the cops. Of course, you, you recover from that as a vampire unless you, unless you die, um, which he did yeah. not die. I don't know why I was suddenly thinking that, that he died but that's just an incredible scene they're just so mean continually kidnapping caleb's sister yeah it's a real jackass move uh much scarier than just uh, dealing with him so there's one now as you mentioned this shares three actors from aliens Mm -hmm. and it's it's also you know this is very james cameron related since um since um why is why am i not able to say her name out loud Catherine Bigelow is um would soon be married to him right but there's one scene that's a little too much like the terminator Hmm. that is my least favorite scene and that is having uh severin on top of the uh, the uh, top of a rig that's loaded up with get with with gasoline um, like unstoppable, tearing parts out of the big rig, yeah. trying to stop Caleb from driving away, kind of already on fire a little bit and burned and just looking terrifying, like like yeah. a Terminator with its face half burned off. Um, and then it ends with Caleb like setting the gas down and making it so the, the rig will crash and explode into a big fireball uh, to, to kill Severin. And that just felt, that felt out of place. This is a movie with Old West shootouts. Yes. This is a movie that takes place in dirty bars. This is not a movie that has like oil rig explosions yeah. to, to take people out. Like later uh, when in the car, mm-hmm. when he's driving towards them and is on fire and just angry. Yeah. And then that's real. That is amazing. That's incredible. Just like he's going to like, please just burn before you get here um but that yeah. that was just too much for me that's too much of that doesn't feel that feels out of place 
mm-hmm. uh, and, it, and it feels very much like the Terminator. Yeah, uh, it feels more of it, it. Just doesn't feel right for the rest of the movie. So that is my least favorite scene: is the tanker yeah. explosion. Yeah, like I, I see that same cinematographer as Terminator. So there you go. Um, uh, fun fact: Joshua Miller, who plays Homer, the uh, well, seeming youngest of the uh, near darks, near dark succubi, is that what I call them in the first? Yeah, whatever. The near near dark gang. Um, he is the half brother of Jason Patrick, star of The Lost Boys. So well, well, even well. more linkage here. Well, um, well, 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 well. Um. I, I I think I'm with you. There are a few spots where it's like, am I just trying to pick something because I can't really figure out what it is? And there's a the scene where uh, one of my all-time favorite character actors, Tim Thomerson, who plays Caleb's dad, goes to report his disappearance to the sheriff, and the sheriff doesn't really want to care, hear it, and he's you know lazy and sitting behind his desk with his boots up. I couldn't pick that because like, well, you have to have the ineffective law enforcement plus it's really the, the lighting in this movie is great and that the the sunlight coming in through the window and that that scene is, is is great um yeah this is i'm i'm trying to like comparing this to the lost boys it's just the lost boys is a roller coaster ride and this this is like a really fucked up fun house where you're not sure that you're actually safe from the people in the in the, like in the haunted house like that like oh, i think that that chain is still in that chainsaw that the guy is revving at me it, it feels this movie feels dangerous and um I, I heard a story that um during the filming of that last section where bill paxton is severing his whole like half of his face is all shredded and burnt um there was a railroad crossing right by the where they were shooting and like they, they that's where they had stopped to kind of unload and he like wandered up and happened upon like one of the conductors and he's like oh man hey, there was a really bad accident down there i'm gonna be okay but you see the other guy and like freaking out all of the, the locals um and lance henderson has some stories about also freaking out like law enforcement agents on a, on a road trip with bill paxton uh what a pair to be traveling together yeah I, and they were like in their costume and makeup and it's like yeah no thanks I would let them go. Um, and I, when we talked about Lost Boys, I think I, I, I mentioned that we'd kind of come back to this with uh, with May because she is not unlike Star in, in that film. But I feel like May is a little less helpless. I mean, in that we see her kill people. Like she yeah. is she is a monster. Whereas Star is just Star. Yeah, Star is just like, I don't want to be a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. May is come join me in yeah. being a vampire. Yeah, so she's got a little bit more agency. Um, you know, she's still the weakest of the bunch and, and kind of the most put down of the bunch, um, which means that she's probably the youngest. I mean, Jesse, played by uh, Lance Henderson, fought uh, for the South in the Civil mm-hmm. War. Uh, Bill Paxton also hints that how old he is. Diamondback, I'm, I think that she's maybe from the 40s or 50s when he picked her up and it, it, it's just really fascinating some of this stuff some of the concepts that throw around that are also present in the first twilight movie and several of the twilight movies yep. um, and i, I want to say that 
this is a great movie. Um, the pairing that we have tonight is maybe the two most unpleasant movies that we've shown or we've we've watched this month. I think absolutely. That, um, our second movie absolutely is maybe the most unpleasant movie I've seen this year, and I saw I've seen some shit. Um, but man, that the, there's a roadhouse scene in this movie. The, this movie is famous for this scene in a roadhouse. And again, it's not scary in the same way that like jump scares are scary or, you know, like some of the vampires in Salem's Lot miniseries are scary. It's just like, oh, fuck. You just, there's a hopeless trapped feeling. Um, The thing that I responded to more in the descent than the monsters was the hopeless trapped feeling. And it's, it is absolutely present in this fucking dive roadhouse in the middle of the desert. And, um, that scene is worth the price of admission. Um, so of course I did not pick that as the worst scene. Of course. Um, I almost picked the scene where, so some people don't like that there's blood transfusions in the movie. It's a little controversial. Eh, I think it's fine. Um, but there's a moment where Caleb is back at home with his dad and his sister. And then the sister gets swiped by the, the vamps. I'm wondering in this scene, is May a decoy in this scene? Is like May there to like to distract him so that mm. one of the other creeps can get in the window and get the, the little girl? Uh, it seems that seems uh, right. I, I never thought it was. I thought it was coincidence, but yeah, it but can't be the same moment. No, that's that's not happening. Yeah. I mean, like, sure, they could have followed her there, but they would know where the fuck no. this guy lives. May May wants him to be. She's still bad. And she you also know. wants, she doesn't want, she wants Caleb to come just be with the crew. Yeah. And be an asshole yeah. too, not. Or maybe they'll find a way to get away from the crew and, you know, do it on yeah. their own. But yeah. This does actually, there are elements of this that are very similar to like the second half of Blade Runner, where it's, you know, uh, Christ, Roy, Beatty, and Chris have like, are hiding out and just like, they're like the last of a breed anyway. Um, I'm just rambling. I'm trying to fill space, which I don't have to do. So my pick um, in the 2023 draft of Worst Scenes of Near Dark uh-huh, is uh-huh. Um, the tanker truck sequence. Yeah. Yes. yes. The tanker truck is it's, it's too much. It is way too much. It's really well made. It's oh, incredibly it well made, um, but it just it feels like they needed something big to yep. justify it because every all the other moments are I guess smaller. But fuck that shootout in like the, the 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 bungalow is so good. The way that that is lit. Um, I just listened to an interview with Catherine Bigelow from that era, and you know, I just I can't imagine how difficult the the blocking of that was like, right. We have this shaft of light and you got to move around it. And, um, I don't think I want to say uh, a lot of interviews I've seen around this movie and Catherine Bigelow in general. It's like, you're a woman. You made this kind of a movie and you're a woman. It's just like, man, there's yeah. a lot of like, even stuff with some of the producers, like, like, well, you know, she's a woman. So I was going to give her one chance. And then the first time she screwed up, I was going to replace her. It's like, Jesus Christ. Okay. Limp dick. Fuck off. Um, whereas Lance Henriksen was like, it was nice having more of a 
supportive, collaborative, maternal presence as opposed to like some ego-driven macho guy directing this movie. Yeah, yes. They like workshopped a lot of stuff and they got to improv, I guess. Bill Paxson got to do some really wild shit in that roadhouse scene. Um, but yeah, the, that tanker truck is the one thing. Hello? Hello. My internet. Did I freeze up or? I think it was me. Oh, okay. But now we're back. You were talking okay. about the tanker trunk. The tanker trunk? Yeah. The, the tanker tank, truck. The tanker trunk. Uh, <laughs> it felt, it's the only thing that feels, it's the only thing that really feels tacked on in the movie. So. Yeah, it does. There it we feels, go. It feels very tacked on. We agree. That's wonderful. I do want to say the screenwriter, Eric Red also wrote The Hitcher and Body Parts. And he's got a real thing for like car crashes and car violence. And he even was in like a, I think he killed somebody in a car crash. And it's just Jesus. like really a weird thing. He writes Western novels now, but uh, it's really weird that like car crashes is so present or, you know, vehicular violence is so present in like the stuff that he's known for, the scripts that he's known for. So I just wanted to mention that just to show off that I know who the co-writer of this movie is and Nicely what else done. they've done. Nice. Yeah, The Hitcher also an unrelentingly bleak and fucked up uh, nihilistic horror film. Nowhere near as good as this one, though. I feel like I saw The Hitcher when I was younger. That it's just like vague. Yeah, shadows. that one was that was like one that was really notorious for being nasty, and um, it is, and it's not fun. Uh, it doesn't have. It doesn't have. I don't know. There's like release valves in this movie. I feel like the work that Bill Paxton does and like some of the stuff with him and Lance, when they sit down to play cards and they're going to play Russian roulette and play cards, it's like, fuck man, these fucking creeps, these old creeps are so weird. Um, and Lance Henderson spitting out a bullet. You have these little moments of levity, but uh, yeah, you don't have that in the Hitcher. The Hitcher is pretty straight up and ugly. Tons of vehicular violence though. You know what else will get you a reputation for being nasty like the hitcher mm. not wearing pants oh shit you don't want to be porky pig in it mm -hmm. or, or winnie the pooh in it or donald duck in it there's so many ways to say it but only one way to not encounter it and that's pants 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 stop wearing shorts mm -hmm. cover your entire leg and wear pants i was just in utah you don't show a leg there you wear pants. Mm. Now that's what God wants. That's what God wills. And what God wants and what God wills is what we do here on Worst Scene. Slash best. Scene. I, I should note that I actually am wearing shorts right now. I should note I'm wearing shorts as well. This is a paid advertisement. We, are, don't, we don't actually believe in what this is. This one's paid. Right. And uh, so we're right. just accepting the money from the pants council. Like, like everybody wears uh, me undies and has purple mattresses exactly uh, you know like the, we the, wear pants none of these yeah. people are like shaving their balls with that, mm -hmm. whatever that fucking manscaped is does, does mark Marin do manscaped commercials i, I wonder i hope he does um yeah. so nobody's using any of these products just like we don't wear yeah. pants mm -hmm. that's not for us but no it could be for you and and the people behind yeah. pants yeah thought we'd be a but, great uh, place to get the word out as far as me and richard we wear diapies 
we're gonna cut to the next ad now. <laughs> Our other ad is unpaid, uh, um, which is uh, for the great Altered Images yeah. uh, show every Wednesday, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., hosted by Jeremy Wheat on BFF.fm. To midnight. To midnight. To midnight, to midnight. which is fine. 2 a.m. somewhere. Um, yeah, there you go. But uh, 2 p.m. to midnight every Wednesday night, BFF.fm. Give it a listen while you're wearing your pants. Mm. Or your diapies. <laughs> That's her. Okay. That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk no. about uh, the Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn, Part 1. Just when I thought these movies couldn't get any more batshit, Twilight, Breaking Dawn, Part 1 arrives. It is one of the weirdest, grossest, most uncomfortable films I've ever seen. And it gains this ranking from several different angles. Even just how it looks, how the shots look, creep me out. There's just a lot of, it it looks bizarre. It's as if in some scenes, some of the actors are continually switching from actually being outside to being in front of a green screen, of that place they were just outside like they reshot like lines like they said i like that take of you saying this line when you're outside but now we've green screened it and i need you to redo this line five months later then we'll go back to your line where it's not green screen it's like what is this is weird what is what is going on this is very unsettling now it should be unsettling as bella is becoming a, a a vampire a horrific being uh, that is immortal. So maybe that's a conscious choice, but it made me kind of sick watching watching almost every scene, especially when it wasn't taking place in a room where they might be green screened. There's also a lot less angst in this film and a lot more fucking in a way. There is there is a sex scene that's like, I was not expecting this to be this like intense to be going on on screen in this film. And That then leads to the appropriate punishment for fucking, according to the Mormon religion, which is a weird baby. (laughs) Turns out Edward shoots more than dry coffin dust as Bella becomes immediately pregnant pretty much the moment he takes his (laughs) pants off. Also, their daughter ages really fast for some reason. Uh, I I know it was explained, but I don't remember. And also Jacob, the werewolf, imprints on their daughter. That's that's in the the second, that's in the second, that's... That's in the second movie that the aging happens. I know. Yeah, that's right. I'm. I'm. That's a spoiler. It hasn't happened yet. I'm just talking about it. They all blur Sorry. together because I watched them at the Sorry. same time. But she will age I'm, fast. She doesn't age fast in this film. That's correct. I'm thinking more of like a, like a, it's like I mean, part of who she is. She's just born. Right. In, in this I will one. say that, that that she does age fast in this one too because she uh, is very pregnant very quick. She's very. That is. She gets. She's like has that baby two weeks after she gets pregnant. There's a. And there's just a weird when she's like in the C-section and you see like Edward like eating blood out of her, like out of her uterus. And I don't know how that's supposed to help her. I'm not I'm not sure on on that. Um, But so that all happens. And then Jacob, the werewolf imprints on their daughter, which keeps his creepy cred sky high as this creates some kind of unbreakable child marriage bond that means that she'll have to like marry him when she's old enough or some other bizarre, weird shit. 
Uh, and he says it's not actually like that, but I don't believe him. I, I think it's like that. I think that that's exactly what happens. Thankfully, she, she'll be 18 within about, you know, four more weeks after the, after the movie ends. I guess I can, we can get to that quickly, but it's very weird, very weird thing for, for Jacob to do. But this dude is a, he's a one, he's a werewolf and two, he's, he's a bit of a, he's an oddball, that guy. He doesn't follow the rules. Um, Mm-hmm. This movie had mixed to bad reviews, and rightfully so, uh, but it also made a ton of money, rightfully. and I'd watch it again. George, what's the best scene in the <laughs> Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1? I don't know. I, uh, I mean, what do we get? We get, a, we get a wedding in this movie, which is we got a wedding. something. It's some, some real good Charlie work in this film. Oh, uh, Charlie. Um, Charlie, um, this is the film that finally answers the question: Can vampires get blue balls? <laughs> and it turns out they can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I really, I wrote this note down. An entire generation of kids are going to be sorely disappointed when they finally get married. I'm not sure. Uh, but there's like a lot of talk, uh, like a lot of lead up talk, of talking about boning and. Um, when they got to the, the, the there's a, they go on, um, what do you call it? A honeymoon, a oh, moon, mm-hmm. nighttime, uh, vampires, uh, um, uh, werewolves too. Um, so yeah, boy, uh, werewolf, werewolf Winnie the Pooh would really like to go on a honeymoon if you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, <Jesus laughs> yeah, <he> <laughs> Uh, so they go on vacation. Why would only werewolf? I feel like Winnie the Pooh would just want to go on a regular honeymoon. one. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's a honeymoon. Though. Oh my god, how, so, how did I not get that right away? A honeymoon is perfect for a werewolf. For Winnie werewolf the Winnie the Pooh. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna have to cut all that out so I don't ruin the joke. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's it, you're you're proving it. Um, they go on a honeymoon to an island off of Brazil or in Brazil. I don't know. They get there. It's this deserted island with like this big, you know, mansion on it, like very sleek. And there's fucking lit candles in every room. And like, who the fuck lit all these candles? There's no one else here. Who the fuck is that a vampire power? You can just fucking light candles when you walk into a room. Absolutely. It's like, um, ugh, wearing velvet underwear, fucking vampire asshole, uh, wearing sketchers and fucking velvet underwear, light candles, motherfucker. Uh, so yeah, I was I wrote um, it would be great if they got some sexy Igors in here. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's like, and it's it's really it's just like there are locals who come out to like take care of the house. But how did they light the candles? Maybe the candles were like ten feet high and they just lit them like earlier in the day. Like, well, we're cleaning up. Let's just light these candles and they'll still be going by the time they arrive. Slow burning you know? wax. Yeah, um, now that's something vampires but, have a lot of access to. Oh sure. But it would be so great, though, if like there was just a sexy Igor or two that were just taking care of of the house, you know, in between in between vampire honeymoons. I would love to have seen like the sexiest hunchback. Uh huh. Uh huh. Just like a hunchback guy, but just with like just huge muscles, great abs. Yeah. Like they're both out, you know, by the pool that's next to the ocean and sexy Igor is like the lifeguard and he's got like the zinc on his nose, the whistle. The hunchback master I, I'm just like walking up but just looking great 
to to the to the makers of these films you take my money make these films make them there's still you don't have to stop making twilights no there's plenty of sexy things you can do sexy igors just saying Mm -hmm. i'm not even gonna i'm not even putting that in an envelope i'm giving that's for you yeah that is not copyright um so yeah the this is weird this is weird this movie is my least favorite I mm. thought Eclipse was going to be my least favorite, but no, it's this one. Um, I can confidently say that. Yeah, it's. I this one and the next one, it sort of goes back to that cheap-looking purple hue it does. all the time. It does. But it's not all the time. Like you, like you said, I was watching some of the making of of Breaking Dawn Part Two. It's like, why would you green screen that? <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? And this, these, both of these films are made by Bill Condon, Oscar winner Bill Condon, who made um, uh, Gods and Monsters, which is a great movie. Yeah. And he's, he's done some movies that I've liked okay. Uh, um, and some, you know, whatever. He's a good filmmaker. I'm sure these movies paid for a lot of houses for him I'm on sure. a lot of other Brazilian islands where I'm sure he's actually got sexy Igor lighting his candles. Oh, he absolutely about. does. Lighting his like, candles, you know it. what I mean. They don't have to get a 10 foot tall candle. They get sexy, sexy Igor is like just two steps ahead of him, mm-hmm. lighting a normal sized candle. Yep. That's exactly what we're talking about, folks. Yeah, that's sexy Igor for you. Ah, uh, okay. So we're talking about vampire sex. We're talking about, you know, coffin dust. Um, you know, <laughs> oh God, I got some great notes here. So this becomes um, a sort of a uh david cronenberg body horror it film does. real hard like there's some stuff in this that's like i don't think i ever want to see some of this imagery again it's it's really upsetting it's like what is this who is what is this experience like who is who's, this, who's this for yeah what's it's, it's like, like harry potter doesn't suddenly have yeah a yeah like harry potter isn't like all of a sudden dying of some mysterious illness and like shriveling away before our eyes yeah she looked terrifying and she is that yeah like, the makeup effects were incredible yeah i will say oh that really i wonder if she like she couldn't have because they i know they made these pretty close to back to back but it feels like she lost a lot of weight mm-hmm. for her later scenes in this movie and it's probably just some digital stuff but it's really good. Um, I think Phil Tippett did the effects for all these movies, or at least the last two, and Phil Tippett's great. Um, I will say that, I, th- I think I forgot to bring this up, and I might have mentioned this on past episodes. I think that New Moon has the best soundtrack. It's a really kind of eclectic and, and good soundtrack. And um, there have been some other good ones. This one, the soundtrack for this movie is, uh, I wrote this down, is as cloying as a vampire wedding. Oh, every, this every is a very, song. very honeymoon ass fucking soundtrack. Um, yeah. Um, so, okay, there's a note. Okay. So she gets pregnant and then starts to die because this vampire human baby is growing rapidly inside of her. Um, I don't is this a pro-life movie yeah kind of but not really it's just like what the fuck is the what are the lessons here I don't know it's this is a new kind of dangerous lesson like the, all, all the other films are like really dangerous lessons for both men and women and everyone in between They're like every single person in the world 
Uh-huh. Don't be like these people in relationships. Like if you find that you are in these relationships, this is yeah. an abusive relationship. Yeah. Like you have to get it. And if you look around and you're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm being really creepy and possessive. You know, you stop. stop. You, you've got to, you, you are the problem. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, this is like sort of a vampire ectopic pregnancy deal, which is just, it's really not fun. I would say this is the least fun of all, except for all the, 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 the candle conspiracy for the first <laughs> half of the movie. Um, that all falls by the wayside. At one point, um, I think Edward says, it was either Edward or Bella, or Edward or Jacob says, Bella, I know what you're thinking. And then I wrote down, sigh, I roll, sigh, sigh, I roll, sigh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, okay. Um, I've got to pick something. Oh man. Okay. God, the baby names. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Um, they're just really also changing a lot of rules in this movie. They, they they change some of the rules. They swap some stuff out. Edward's hair is boring, but also changes a lot. Like from from literally from shot to shot, it's like watching Molly Ringwald in in the Breakfast Club. Every scene, her hair is slightly different or radically different. Um, and like this, like, is this an insert? Was this like, did they have to come in and do like some punch-ups or like, you know, it's just not punch-ups, um, you know, reshoots, but it's, it's odd. It's odd. It feels, I don't want to say slapdash because it definitely has a focus, but, um, okay. Uh, all right. I'm just going to, my pick is, oh, I also said that, that, you know, instead of getting married and turned to a vampire, she just get a face tattoo instead of eternal life. I don't know. Uh, whatever. Uh, so I, I, I wanted to pick Jacob and Bella dancing at the wedding because it's kind of nice, but then it gets kind of fucked up. And I, I picked a, it's a really, it's not a half-assed pick. It's a pick that is in line with what I like about these movies. And that, uh, that's the most reasonable, boring parts of them. And it's the parents. So the where the wolf boys are working to protect, um, uh, and so there's the scene where vamp mom brings the uh, wolves uh, some sandwiches. And uh, I thought it was just a little tiny moment, little part of a montage. And I got teary eyed. I was uh, I was moved to tears by a vampire feeding a werewolf. Um, you know, it's like one set of footprints in the sand right there. Mm-hmm. Not sure, <laughs> but that's my pick. Vampire sam- vampire sandwiches uh, for werewolf teens. <laughs> Great pick. You know the this whole series relationship to sex is very very weird, and it is it feels very much like the evangelical relationship to, mm. to sex because Mormons obviously have a weird relationship in terms of of like tr- evangelical Mormons to uh, to sex because it has something that used to come up my parents church would be the preacher talking about how you know sex is just for married couples but then it's meant to be like mind-blowing and it's like do you really need to preach this to the general public do you need to talk about (laughs) fucking here at church like it's almost like an assurance that you're not like a lame square because the regular people having sex with everybody 
and they're like shooting dust they don't have the the don't have the type of like uh they don't have the juice that a married a married couple would have um like a married woman just gets so wet and uh, a married man uh, this is all um, like word for word what was a married man's balls that's increase inside the store uh all the all the quote unquote load that he needs to experience the type of massive like jesus approved orgasm that uh that you get that you get through the church and this has that feeling too it's almost like trying to teach a lesson to younger people that if you just wait until you're married you'll be able to fuck like bella and mm -hmm. edward do here in this scene and it'll be so hot that you'll have god's greatest gift that's the one thing you want to get married for right uh, even though it's so hot and that's to have a, a baby uh -huh. and uh to already have like your almost boyfriend there ready uh to uh <laughs> like promise himself to your to your daughter um because he's sad that you didn't end up with him um again great lessons a lot of great lessons in there. yep but it's very much that would come up a lot from the preachers at church when I was going there in like early high school. And when you really think about it, that's weird. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think that that's something that comes up in most types of churches, but evangelical churches. And I guess that's, that's healthier than not having sex at all, like, yeah. uh, like Catholic priests, but it's just a weird, like, um, like you're making up for something you're trying to, you're trying to sell uh -huh. people on don't wait till you're married. And then, wow. Right. Wait to wait till you experience that because then it becomes this whole weird thing where Jesus made that for you, and then it's like you have to imagine God is like watching you have sex and just nodding and smiling, yeah, yeah. and um, maybe jacking off to it because it's sure. so hot. Um, sure. No offense to anybody who who like admires God or something. I don't want to bring you down with that with that comment. But the but I didn't mean to like blaspheme the Holy Spirit or something. Well, but I'll the, say I mean like I'll put this into a real world. Um, I mean this is very much like you know now that I have all these face tattoos, I'm really trying to normalize face tattoos. That's right. Yes, exactly. And it's like, not quite catching on. I, it's I was not. hoping it'd be like more of like you know Tupperware parties kind of deal, but no. Yeah, you all get together. You. You get face tattoos. Yep. That's how it should be. And same sort of thing we're talking about here. Thank you. That's a great mm -hmm. metaphor. I can get off of it now. So, um, <laughs> yeah, this movie doesn't have a lot of great scenes in it. It has, mm -hmm. it's perfectly watchable as a, like a bizarre, like, uh, yeah. sort of mind fuck of a film. It's almost uh, like, the, it's like a bottle episode for this series. In it a is. Way. It's like, well, this happens. It feels like nothing that kind of happened before had happened almost. Right, right. It's like, because really the, the main story kind of cuts off when you defeat like uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. And um, right. that's like, well, that was our main, that was our main antagonist now. So what are we, what are we going to do? Um, so we, it's like, we, this is a new story kicking off. Um, and yeah, the music in this, mm -hmm. oh my God. Just so it's like it's like that's music they found on like a site where you could pay forty dollars for a romance right. song, um, and then they like spent four hundred dollars on ten yeah. romance songs. It's like oh, this is the music that's playing at like that store that just sells wedding invitation stationery. Yes, that's exactly right. So best scene now, I think. Now I know I'm pretty confident that 
that the best thing after <laughs> for the next movie was in that movie and not in this one. But okay. I don't want to say what it is. So we're just okay. going to assume it will be. And if for some reason it was in this movie, that's my favorite scene in the next one too. <laughs> All right. But, but so we can, we can sidebar and I can uh, confirm or uh, absolutely not. I think we just so. got to let it ride. So favorite scene, there's a scene where they're like sitting around in the house and there's sports on TV. It's in the background. You can hear the audio. I think it's football this time, not baseball. Football. Yeah. But I was happy to hear some vampire sports going on again. I'm sure they weren't watching the vampire sports league. Right. Just to see the vampires interested in some sports again. Yeah. I'm guessing this is like when Bella was unwell yes. and it's like jacob is sitting around with edward and they're watching sports so there's that so i love to hear i just love to hear them cheering for mm-hmm. the teams again presumably watching the uh, seattle seahawks or something mm-hmm. um and then <laughs> there was something about when all the wolves get together uh, and they they can now like speak mm-hmm. so you can hear some of their conversation Oh, right. Uh, which I hated. At the same time, I was like, yeah, there yeah. you go. This is a Why weird not? ass like scene in a in a poorly made Disney live action film. Yeah, <laughs> um, let's just keep cranking this dial. We'll see what else happens. Yeah, that's it's it's just the it's not good, but I said, no, yeah. maybe. But instead, it's it's when there's the only time that I really felt any joy in this film, which is when a bomb vampire brings a sandwich to <laughs> Jacob the werewolf and they seem they have a really nice like it's, it's sweet it's very sweet he's like like smiles and seems happy to get the sandwich and she's so kind to handing it over to him it's such a great mom scene like it it's is just you know there's a lot of good dad scenes and there's not a lot you don't hear about the mom so much we talked about the mom um when we had a few uh, Xander experiences um but uh yeah that's a great she's sort of like a real sideline character and it was just a nice little moment that does a lot it does do a lot so so that's my choice wow this is insane this is insane both movies wow same scene shit now we got to figure out which one we're picking (laughs) yep we do well, I'm going to go first. All right. You go for it. So we've got Bill Paxton in a tanker truck explosion. It's incredibly well made. Versus like 30 seconds of a vampire mom giving wrapped sandwiches to werewolf teens. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. This is... People are going to think that we're fucking cheating or that we're like, we've, we've agreed on something beforehand. But I, 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 I just want to say one of these scenes totally fits in and actually adds to the movie. The other one is just there. And it's like, well, this is a little bit of pyrotechnics. Um, and again, that sandwich is like gives that the, the mom a little bit more of a character instead of just being smiling and nice and, and polite and i yes yeah, she also makes sandwiches she makes sandwiches smiling and nice. 
oh god it's just like all like women are like servile and all that shit god damn it no this is a mom thing this is like a, a mom, mom giving it's like god, we don't yeah have the other mom like bella's everything. mom is out bella's having mom, a great time she ain't making yeah. sandwiches no no she's 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 balling some uh you know triple a baseball hack in jacksonville that's right and they're not even married no see uh, i don't know see what um <laughs> Their punishment is their daughter gets turned into a vampire or That's killed right. or something. Okay, so it's so hard because I know how much work went into. What's funny though is that that scene in Near Dark, even though there's like a tanker explosion and there's stunt people, um, the the crew for that one like twenty second scene with the sandwich, probably a bigger crew <laughs> for that Absolutely. than there was for Near Dark. Uh, probably the budget for that one scene is bigger than the entire budget of Near Dark. Um, so, oh, I'm so hesitant to vote against Near Dark. Um, shit. I don't know, man. What, what do you think? I, I mean, I can go. I can go. We've yeah. Heard your, heard your arguments. And I, I do think we've chosen the... And in every previous episode, we have chosen. Yeah, uh, I keep wanting to say Breaking Bad, but I, we've I know. chosen Twilight. I know as yeah. the as the winner. Um, but this time, even though I really don't like the tanker scene in the yeah. context of the movie, it's yeah. still no, it's, yeah, it's still very well made. Yeah. It's in a in a hot as Catherine Bigelow would show, and and a lot Man. of other of her action films. Uh, that is a very like the skill level to make it is very impressive yeah. and it would fit into many of her other films just not just not this one it's just a little too much you're right but it's, it's very well made versus um the sandwich scene which while adding to it doesn't really build to anything right in the in the movie so for right. me i would have to say i'm gonna have to give it to near dark yeah you know as you're saying as you were talking this out and i'm 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 hearing my own argument as much as I like that 20 second sandwich segment of a montage. <laughs> uh, like we're really, really searching to find some, something that to hold on to. Whereas in near dark, like we're really searching to find something that we don't like and it's good, but we, it just doesn't quite fit. So uh, yeah, I'm with you. It's near dark. Um, if ever there was a film in the twilight saga to, uh, to not be on its side, it's this, this one. absolutely um bad i mean this is like because it also still reinforces codependent you know uh, abusive relationships plus really weird shit about um punishment and sex and yeah pregnancy so Just yeah really yeah so near good. dark near dark all the way near dark near dark it is so we agreed uh, on uh, on the both scenes in both movies then we agreed on which scene was better wow well, that was a that's a triple doubler uh, or something along those lines yep. which is uh, great for you folks listening today because that means you can get a free trip listen to me a free trip on any participating greyhound bus driver who's willing to look the other way Mm -hmm. to a shack in the middle of nowhere in the united states um 
where you can get into bar fights and and perhaps drink the blood of mm. of those that you would who that for those who could quench your hunger yeah to bring you satisfaction however temporary uh to again this is a free ride on any greyhound yeah. in which the driver uh looks the other way and lets you come on just mention worst scene uh to your greyhound bus driver and see uh what they have to say and yes. how they react but so there's no promises yeah make sure you actually get on the bus before you say it hmm. don't just say it when you're outside no you've got to show commitment yep because then you know like oh this is an actual this person is serious and then right. it's not not just a pretender that's right so joel get on the greyhound bus before you mention our show that's exactly right wow wow crazy i mean it's we, we we've been really in sync uh throughout this series and it's it's no surprise um you know we we, we, we work well together we've been partners for a long time here but uh gosh i'm really i'm really i'm excited to get to the next show i'm excited for everyone here to listen to them i also hope you all have been watching along with us these um twilight thing you're going to hear more about it um you know in a week or so or whenever you listen to this i don't you know but um i tell you this is something these movies are something and just wait till you hear what we got to say next but uh just you wait uh, <laughs> god i i okay I'll, I'll save that for the next one because that would make more sense with the uh, the next pairing but uh man i wish that there were man i don't know man i don't know either and on that let's leave these folks with a cliffhanger mm. before part two of this five part octobula seven six six five 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 great part five then of this five part part two of breaking dawn mm -hmm. part five of the twilight saga and sure part seven of october <laughs> <laughs> so let's so just wait and tune in next yes. week or in a minute if you've got mm -hmm. a backlog of these that you're listening to and hear about our next films which cliffhanger Ooh. good evening Hey,